Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 4, Episode 20, A Study in 2 Peter. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In today's episode in 2 Peter, we start in Chapter 3, where after speaking about false teaching in Chapter 2, Peter reminds us that false teaching was going to increase as we enter the last days. The second coming of Christ is much closer now than when Peter wrote this letter. God spoke this world into existence, and history will come to an end as foretold. All right, let's turn now to 2 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 1. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will burn up and be dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed all right some tough stuff here verse one again this is now the second letter that i'm writing to you beloved on both of them i am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder well the first thing we see apparently is that peter is referring to his first letter in first peter Now, there are people that think that there is yet another letter that has been lost because of the makeup of this first letter. I think it is clear that Peter is referring to 1 Peter in this instance. Peter tells us why he's writing these letters, and that was to stir them up, stir them up by way of reminder. And he continues to explain, remind them of what, in verse 2, that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Well, he was wanting to stir them up to remember the prophecies from God and commandments of Jesus as expressed by the called-out ones, which is the apostles. Again, the request is do not to fall prey to the false ideas and perhaps shiny objects being presented by the false teachers. They needed to remember the prophecies that referred to the end of history, the day of judgment and salvation. That should stir them to live godly lives. I'm sure that Peter is including himself in the Your Apostles statement. Peter is pointing to specific prophecies of the prophets as an argument against these false teachers. What were these false teachers doing, or what were they saying? Well, in verse 3, it says, Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing following their own sinful desires. Well, here's why Peter's readers needed to be 
reminded about the words of God because false teachers were coming and were already in their midst and they were perverting the gospel message for their own means. The very presence of these false teachers was indicative of the last days. How do we know we're in the last days? Well, Peter tells us when he preached at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Verse 17, And the last days it shall be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, completely being fulfilled that day on Pentecost. We also read in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, Long ago, at many times and many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Did you catch that again? In these last days? Well, these last days were inaugurated at Pentecost, and they will continue until Christ's return. The key event in history now is the work of the Holy Spirit and the building of the church. That's right out of the ESV study note. False teachers were already here, as Paul addressed in Acts. Acts chapter 20, verse 29 says, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will rise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. We also know that Jesus set the expectation in Matthew 24, 3. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when all these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age. And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed, for this must take place. The end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are but the beginning of birth pains." Scoffers are among us. They would rather follow their own desires and not to be constrained by any kind of moral standards. Verse 4 says, They will say, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. These false teachers were sneering at the very thought of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Throughout the Bible, people had often grown weary for waiting we read in ezekiel chapter 12 verse 21 and the word of the lord came to me son of man what is this proverb that you have about the land of israel saying the days grow long and every vision comes to nothing tell them therefore thus says the lord god i will put an end to this proverb and they shall no more use it as a proverb in israel but say to them the days are near and the fulfillment of every vision there shall be no more false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel for I am the Lord I will speak the word that I will speak and I will be performed it will be performed it will no longer be delayed 
But in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and perform it, declares the Lord God. And these false teachers were doing the same thing. They were stating it before Christ, that he wasn't coming, it wasn't going to happen, that there's been a long delay, that God had never intervened in the world. And if Christ wasn't coming, there was no future judgment they needed to be any concerned about. But the very fact, the entire stability of the earth itself is because and we have in front of us is because of God's active intervention and if God's actively intervening that means God will intervene again the false teachers are in error once again verse 5 says for they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God so what are these false teachers overlooked in Colossians 1.15, Paul writes about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things Catch this, all things hold together. Hebrews 1.3 says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds, here it is, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs creation itself was formed and shaped by the very word of God and it's being maintained by the word of God in Psalm 33 6 it says by the word of the Lord the heavens were made and that by the breath of his mouth all their host so what does Peter mean in this verse that the earth was formed out of water it's pretty much formed out of nothing I believe that this earth mentioned is not the planet earth but the order of establishing land from the chaos of water during creation. We read in Genesis 1, 6, And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters, meaning the atmosphere. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Verse 6 says, And that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. The very water that separated from the land became a source of judgment when the waters were unleashed and the world was destroyed. This was God's judgment on the world, and God also saved a remnant, the family of Noah. The world is held in order by God, and the world will be destroyed by God at the end of history. And the coming judgment will not be by water, it'll be by fire. Verse 7 says, But the same word, the heavens and the earth that now existed, are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. God had intervened at creation, 
God intervened at the flood. And God will intervene because fire is coming. The coming judgment is not just for the earth, but the heavens and the earth in a day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. This also will be accomplished by God's word. Again, the false teachers are wrong. God is in control. God is sustaining the universe, and God will intervene with fire. Verses 8 and 9 go on to say, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should reach repentance. God is also gracious. God is slow to anger. He's not wishing that anyone would perish. In John chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out by God. So Peter reminds us that God exists outside of time and space, and the passing of time does not diminish God and his control in any way. Human life is short and frail, but God does not weaken with time. Believers should not be concerned about the scoffers pointing to time passing us, as there is contrast between the eternity of God and the impatience of human expectations. That comes from Charles Big. False teachers were using the patience of God as an argument against God when it should have led them to repentance because of the grace of God. In Romans 2 verse 3, Paul writes, Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. God will not delay forever. Today is the day if you need to accept Christ in your life and turn and change and call upon him. This moment is the time. Verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. The day of the Lord comes suddenly like a thief, and that is themed throughout the New Testament. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 1, Paul writes, Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware 
but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for the helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another, and build one another up, just as you are doing. Well, when people least expect it, sudden harm without recourse will come upon them. Or it could be the realization of salvation. In Matthew twenty four forty two, Jesus said this, Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Peter is imploring us to be ready. What is going to happen? Well, he tells us, the heavens will disappear with a roar. In Revelation 6.12 it says, When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, the moon, the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island removed from its place. The next thing is the elements we burned up and dissolved. The elements, well, that's all the basic stuff that things are made of. Then everything will be laid bare. The dwelling place and all the works of humanity will be gone. The final judgment is there without support from what is now gone. Humanity will be before God. He will judge the sheep from the goats. The stage is set for a new heaven and a new earth. Next episode 21 in season 4 will be the last in First and Second Peter. Because we know this day is coming, we should be living in a righteous manner, honoring God with our lives. I hope this season 4 and First and Second letters of Peter speaks to you. I pray that this study blesses you, and I strongly encourage you to spend time in God's Word and to know it. Biblical Tapestry is available on Facebook and Instagram. I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you have gained anything from it. God bless you with faithful endurance, and I pray that you are greatly strengthened by God. God bless. Until next episode.